On this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts, we return to the Upside Down for a conversation with Randy Havens, who plays Scott Clark, the best middle school science teacher ever on Stranger Things. And we convene our first relationship advice panel, tips for nerds by nerds, and one very special celebrity guest. Now straight from the audiovisual room at Hawkins Middle School, this is 1.21 Gigawatts. Hey there, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts, episode number 13 for February 2017. I'm your host, Brad Barton. This podcast is meant to shine a spotlight on the aspects of geek pop culture that I think are cool and noteworthy and deserve to be celebrated. I'm referring to movies, TV, comics, games, theme parks, and more. If all that sounds good to you, you are in the right place. Pull up a beanbag chair and make yourself at home. And I intend to do that not only by bringing you interviews with the creators of said nerdly awesomeness, but also with a series of rotating segments and features that take a deep dive into a specific geeky topic. Every February, we become preoccupied with thoughts of love and relationships, largely because Valentine's Day cards, candy decorations, and advertisements are completely unavoidable. Thank you so much, CVS Pharmacy Store Displays! But even when the Valentine's Industrial Complex isn't in full swing, we all still contemplate the romantic relationships that we're in, or would like to be in, and navigating the treacherous currents of romance can be tricky. Sometimes it helps to get some advice from your peers, which is why all of us here at 1.21 Gigawatts are excited to share relationship advice from a panel of geeks. Finally, dating advice you can use from a triumvirate of personalities that like what you like, that think the way you think, and give you guidance in language that you can understand. I am delighted to have the three of you join me to take some listener questions and share your unique perspectives on romance and healthy relationships. I'm sure you all have some very valuable insights to share. Before we dive into the questions, I'd like to introduce each of you and give you each a chance to say hello. Let's begin with Gordon Float, aka Gord. He is the editor, writer, PR contact of the blog sorcererscondo.com. He is a graduate of the John Carpenter School of Musical Composition. His areas of expertise include looms, Torino pizza rolls, and standing in darkened closets. Follow him on Twitter at Darth Chichi. Hello, Gordon. Uh, hello there. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. How you doing? Fantastic. Thanks so much for being a part of the panel this evening. You got it. Our second panelist is Gregory Plymouth Hastings, a.k.a. Chaos Weed Dick 69 xxlilli He's a former FPS pro gamer turned mobile RPG gamer known as Azeroth Defiler. He used to run the popular YouTube show MinMax until it was shut down for violating copyright laws. Amongst other offenses, he used to stream wearing no pants. Wasn't an issue until he stood up midstream when the Chinese takeout guy arrived. Now he moderates RPG FPS mashup subreddit thread Akimbo Fireball. You can't follow him on Twitter anymore, as his account was suspended. Hello, Gregory. I, I tend to rectify that uh, very urgently. Um, the Twitter was unjustly taken down, and that will be um, rectified. Also, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. 
You're welcome. I'm sure it will be justified soon. Good luck with any potential legal proceedings. And last but not least is a woman whose resume includes stints with both the Department of Energy as well as Child Protective Services, and it's a safe bet to say that many of the things she's experienced have been of the stranger variety. You also cannot follow her on Twitter because she's from 1983. Direct from Hawkins, Indiana, it's Agent Connie Frazier. Hello. Uh, Hello. Uh, Should we be referring to you tonight, uh, Connie, as... Connie or Agent Frazier, which do you prefer? Agent Frazier. Very good. Let's dive right into the questions. Uh, I'd like to begin with a question for Gordon. Uh, uh, Gordon, the question is this. Adam from Reading asks, I'd like to plan a special getaway weekend for my sweetheart. Something secluded, out of the way, just the two of us. Can you suggest a destination? Hmm. Well, there's a there's a couple things that come to mind, but I have to ask a, a you know a few questions uh, to the room, and that is um, was this message received via email? Was it psychically? Did it perhaps was it told to you by a, a possessed chipmunk? Uh, those are all valid questions. I received it via email. Thanks for asking. Okay, great. Uh, it's got, you never be too sure. You got to play it safe. All right, so uh, romantic weekend. Um, you're gonna need a couple basics first. You're gonna. What you want to do is you want to get your hands on a haunted book. Um, any any haunted book will do. It could be the Necromonicon. It could be the Babadook pop up book. Um, any 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 sort of mystical tome that one can lay their hands on is key. All right, so after you have this book, you're gonna need to pick the location that you're gonna take it to, right? You want to make sure that you know that your 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 book matches your setting and your surroundings. So you want to think of a couple places that 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 in mind, but don't be afraid to think outside the box. You perhaps want to go to a haunted cabin. That's pretty that's pretty basic. You know, there's always hijinks in the in the woods of a sinister nature around a haunted cabin. But um, also, you know, you could be out on a Scottish moor, or maybe an abandoned coal mine, or or or. or the best one. This is a little expensive, but maybe all expense paid trip for two to the suicide forest of Japan. Well, that is romantic. Uh, I think those are all very valid suggestions, and um, people don't, uh, I think, think of the overseas offerings as often as they should. So, thanks for bringing that up. I will add that if your date is possessed, air travel is an impossibility. That's true, especially given the potential travel bans these days. Good safety tip. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, Gregory, let's move on to you. Um, Ben from Columbus asks, I've been dating my girlfriend for a year, and I'm convinced that she's the one. Oh, that's nice. I'm ready to pull the trigger. But if I propose... I'm I'm terribly sorry. In order for me to process this question in its entirety, I'll need to understand the spelling of his name, Ben. Is that with a silent Y or two N's? Uh, it's the traditional spelling, just a, a straight up uh, capital B, uh, lowercase e, N. No H? Uh, n- not that I'm aware of, no, no. Okay. 
Okay, so so repeat the question. I, I sure can. So uh, Ben, uh, in summary, thus far, says he's been dating his girlfriend for a year. He's convinced she's the one. He is ready to pull the trigger. He says his words, not mine. But if I propose, I want to be sure I get the desired result. Are there any surefire ways to guarantee victory? Well, I, I think there are a number of ways that you can assure victory. You can take an approach where you really. Um, you just got to look Ben in the eye and say, Ben, manna up uh, and, and just just ask her um, if you feel shy about it. You can potentially uh, work to harvest some hero souls uh, in order to level up your charisma into a place where you have confidence uh, to speak with her um, face to face or even on a phone. I'm assuming that that Ben, um, traditional Ben, has in fact met this lady? Yeah, it sounds it sounds like they've been dating for a year, and I assume that has been uh, person to person that they that they've been in physical proximity to each other during that time. Okay, so they're not just in a guild where they where they have dates online and and have not actually um, seen one another. I'm, I'm going to assume that they have, in fact, seen each other uh, and, and actually participated in um, a traditional uh, human dates. Okay, then I, I'm going to have to say to Ben, um, I would recommend a couple things if you really want her to say yes. I would start with clothing. Um, you know, when I game, I, I go light on everything. But I think that when you're uh, in a relationship with a woman... Uh, sometimes she would prefer you to wear something. I think the usual uh, complimentary garb of a chainmail vest, uh, wizard's robes, always, always acceptable. And of course, um, you could choose if if you do so choose and um, you do enjoy the FPS, uh, the the FPS genre. Uh, you could choose a loadout uh, to give you high success rates. Um, try to. Ch- an AR, uh, make sure that you stack your perks so there's very little sway so when you get her in your ADS uh, and you're staring at her, uh, you're not wavering side to side and you could just one shot, boom and she's yours that's success well, that took a troubling turn at the end, but I did like the tip of perk stacking. I don't think that uh, that comes into play often enough in the dating world. Thanks. Thanks very much, uh, Gregory. I'm going to add that on a personal note and from personal experience, chain mail is the way to go. Duly noted. Thanks, gentlemen. Um, chivalry is not only dead, it's uh, actively wardrobing us in the dating world. That's that's good to know. Um, also, if there are rune slots available on, on said chain mail, you will want to imbue those. Imbue rune slots. Got it. I just wrote that down. Thank you so much. Very high success rate. Let's move on now to uh, Agent Frazier. Uh, Laura from Maryville writes, I have a crush on someone but can't tell how they feel about me. Can you suggest reliable ways to get the information I need? First of all, Brad, I feel like with your two other guests, I'm in the upside down at this time. I'm beginning to feel that way myself, if that helps. Thank you. I prefer to extricate information from people in various ways. My favorite way is using a gun with a 12-inch suppressor, preferably. However, you can use a rifle. You can use 
AK-47 submachine gun, grenade launcher would be a little over the top. However, if you need to extricate information from someone, this is my preferred method. Laura. All right, Laura, keep, keep that in mind. Um, all of those sound uh, really fantastic and I think would get the desired result. I think we'd know about that crush one way or another uh, pretty quickly. You would complete your mission is what you would be doing. That's fantastic. Um, Gord, let's come back to you for another question. Uh, Lori from Stowe writes, I'm not one for dream analysis, but lately I've had these terrible recurring nightmares about my boyfriend falling off a cliff. I always catch him, but at the top of the cliff, I see myself. I pushed him. What can that dream mean? Uh, I can relate this personally as well because uh, I have a fear of falling myself, and um, I, I, I once pushed my boyfriend off a cliff. But um, besides that, it, it could mean many things, all right? You know, dream interpretation is, 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 a, is a Persian rug of possibilities. So um, the thing I want to ask is... Um, is it does this does this person have uh, are they a snorer do they have sleep apnea do they do they have sonambulisms tendencies uh, uh, i think that's the word yeah 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 is any of that g going on uh that that's a good question uh she she doesn't mention that here we only know a little bit about um the 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 dream plane where this takes place uh ultimately i i can't give you any more specifics i'm afraid but sleep apnea, is, is this sort of thing common when, uh, when sleep apnea is in play, in your experience? Oh, yeah, there's all sorts of weird shit that goes on with that. But, but to the dream, it could, it could mean a, a few things. It, it could mean being separated is a, a, a factor that you are constantly worrying about. Like if, if for instance, you, know, you, you, you had to go out into, to try to turn on the gas pump when you're surrounded by zombies... Um, it's, it's a lot like that, or, or, or if, if somebody has to go take the breakers alone in the darkness, you know, there's, there's a lot of that going on. But it, so it could be, uh, you know, a fear of abandonment. It, 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 it could be that, um, that you had a bad sandwich, or it, it, it could mean, uh, it could mean, um, you know, just that um, you're really into the guy, you love him, and you want to spend your life together with him, and, and, and maybe if things go perfectly, you could wear his skin as a mask. How tremendously romantic. Again, thank you uh, very much for that. It's good to know that, uh, that this may very well just be a sign that things are going extremely well, or in fact, a bad sandwich has been consumed. Thanks so much. Skin mask time is just around the corner. <laughs> It might be best that we don't go down that road anymore, but uh, once again, in the spirit of Valentine's Day, thank you for bringing that up. Um, let's uh, go back to Gregory uh, for another question. For, for the record, um, what sort of sandwich were you referring to, Brad? Um, uh, the sandwich, uh, well, sometimes a sandwich that, that might be m most likely to give me bad dreams might be, you know, something with, with uh, too much meat, like even a meatball sandwich sometimes. That's, that's not advised to eat too close to bedtime, right? That is a very, there, that is a very heavy meal. Uh, I, unadvisable uh, right before slumber. Uh, however, I will say that often um, peanut butter jelly lifts my spirits. Uh, good, you you and school children across America. That's that's wonderful to hear. I'm I'm. That's a also a good tip. I think even though we're not really talking about um, uh, dietary advice tonight, I think that's great because certainly someone out there 
is probably suffering, and a good old PB and J could probably help out. Go, go, go ahead, Craig. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Craig. You go ahead. I was just going to say, if your spirits are light, your your heart can be full. That is the connection. That's beautiful, and I read that in a card once. I think. Brad. Yes, Agent Fraser. Are these two other guests gangfully employed? Uh, that is a good question. Gentlemen, at this time, are you are? Gregory, I know you're facing legal action uh, and are no longer uh, hosting your YouTube show. Um, this is I, what I thought. The silence gave me my answer. That's enough. Thank you. Very good. Gregory, uh, let's jump into this question for you. This one comes from, uh, this is an online submission. It comes from Gilgamesh Pit 42. Gilgamesh. <laughs> Gilgamesh Pitt writes, I get along great with someone in my World of Warcraft guild. I only know them by their gamer tag, my little popo, but I feel like there's a spark. How can I start taking steps to meet popo in real life? Could you spell could you spell the name for me? The the person writing the question? Yes. Okay, Gilgamesh Pit 42. So that is Capital G I L G A M O S H P I T 42. Okay, any X's or L's? None, none at all. None at all. No underscores, no special characters. Okay. Quickly, I know where you're going with this, and it's very dangerous territory. It's all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is in a name is in a name. It speaks for itself. Has the question uh, been answered yet, Brad? I, I, I have not heard uh, any, any... I don't even think we're in orbit around the answer just yet. So you mentioned that they're in uh, the, uh, a World of Warcraft guild together. Do you know, is this Azeroth? I, I do not know. That information has not been provided to me. The Frozen Throne? Again, not quite sure. D does it uh, does it matter actually in this case which guild specifically they're in? Well, I would call them out if they're not in a guild that they could actually be in or the territory um, inhabited. Uh, anyways, I digress. I think what this comes down to is that communication between two people is terribly important. If he doesn't speak what he feels, he will never have an answer. So it really starts with him just, just expressing himself uh, as himself and just let her see him. And he can stand in the sun and be seen in all his glory. And she can decide, is he the one for her? Is she the one for him? We shall see. That was gloriously poetic by the time we actually uh, got to to actual advice. Thank you very much for that, uh, Gregory. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm fighting some tears. I'm not going to lie to you. All right, we've got one more question. It's for Agent Fraser. Ted from Boston asks, "My significant other wants me to be someone that I'm not, and I feel like I'm living a double life. Has that ever happened to you? What do you suggest?" I embrace all facets of my personality. However, if you find yourself in a situation in which you need to extricate yourself from Ted, I would see the answer to the previous question. A gun, 12-inch silencer, 
would take care of the situation neatly, cleanly, and quietly. I'm noticing a theme, and you know what, Agent Frazier, if, if that theme has worked well for you over the years, who am I to deny it? I always have success. I always complete my mission. I get the job done. And if that's not a romantic way to end this segment, I don't know what is. That'll do it. My thanks to Gordon Float, Gregory Plymouth Hastings, and Agent Connie Frazier. I think we've helped a lot of people in pain tonight, everyone. I'm, I'm very grateful. And remember, listeners, if your heart's in a jam, you know where we am. What? The 1.21 Gigawatts Relationship Advisors. Thanks so much, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yep. Thank you, Jim. It's delightful. Thank you very much. Just when you thought you had successfully survived an encounter with Agent Connie Frazier and believed it was safe to head back down Mirkwood, I've got even more Stranger Things goodness for you. Back in November, I had a great conversation with Randy Havens at the New Jersey Comic Expo. Randy plays the role of Scott Clark on Stranger Things, the endlessly supportive and upbeat science teacher to the middle school protagonists, and also the character most likely to explain how interdimensional travel works using only a pen and a paper plate. One of the many things that made season one of the Netflix hit Stranger Things so popular are the characters, even the supporting characters, have followings among the millions of people who have fallen in love with the Netflix hit. One of those characters is small town science teacher Scott Clark, the smartest man in Hawkins, Indiana, who remains totally clueless to the multidimensional drama unfolding around him. Here to unlock all of our curiosity doors is the man who plays Mr. Clark. It's Randy Havens. Randy, welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thank you. I will readily admit to the fact that uh, making any curiosity door references at this point is probably wildly hack, and you've heard them all. Uh, but I wanted to bring it up partly because in preparing to talk to you today, I read some of your Reddit AMA session, and the phrase opening the curiosity door got pretty filthy pretty quickly. <laughs> well, it is Reddit, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Sort of what I was possibly expecting. And such is the curse of getting some of the really great dialogue in Stranger Things uh, between curiosity door and the acrobat and the flea uh, speech. I suspect that people are going to be quoting you back to you for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I better get used to it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Why do you think that people latch onto the character of Mr. Clark? Besides his magnificent mustache, uh, is he just the science teacher that everyone wishes that they had? I think so. I think he's like the dream version of a teacher, right? Yeah. Like he's the guy that will never stop caring about the kids and uh, he'll always be there. And um, I think that we've all had supportive teachers um, and I think Probably he reminds people of teachers that they've had. Um, and then also I think he's the dream version of the teacher that we've always wanted. Yeah. Online, I've seen you talk about your motivation as a performer for bringing Mr. Clark to life um, rather than me rattling it off like a book report. Um, can, you, can you speak to that? What makes Mr. Clark Mr. Clark? Uh, I think because he cares so much. Um, and, you know, part of what uh, I tried to bring, like the emotional truth of Mr. Clark was that he saw in the kids how he was as a child. Maybe he was an outsider as well, like at his school, and he thought, okay, these guys are outsiders. I'm gonna make a place for them to feel accepted and welcomed, like uh, to, to wanna learn um, and to support like 
that, to support their nerdiness um, and to say like, hey, whatever you're curious about, like, don't let any of these other kids, yeah, that keep you from that. Like, be yourselves, like, you know, um, be your own person and, and whatever it is that you're into, like, don't let anyone else, like, take that away from you. I love that the audience gets a peek at Mr. Clark's social life as well, where date night with his special lady is watching the thing and explaining how special effects work. Right. That is hot, hot stuff. Is that a, what is a perfect Friday night for Mr. Clark, or did we see it? I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. You watch a scary movie with a pretty girl, and then when she gets scared, you explain how special effects work. <laughs> that is how I courted and met my own bride. Right. So thank you for uh, bolstering my own personal theory. Um, so a second ago, we were talking to uh, Catherine Dyer, who plays Special Agent Connie Frazier. She said to ask you about the scene in, oh, she's looking and waiting for it right now. When Connie Frazier arrives at your door, the, the inherent fear and horror, I'm assuming, to go through you. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I got the opportunity to read the first six episodes before we started filming. Um, because we did a table read uh, uh, in pre during pre-production, and uh, <laughs> when I got to that scene, <laughs> and it's like reveal Connie Fraser is knocking on Mr. Clark's door. I was just like, no! And just like turned the script over, and I was just like, I can't, I can't. And I was like, all right, let me. Look. I gotta finish the scene at least and figure out if they're gonna kill me or not. <laughs> and turn it over, and then yeah, luckily they did not kill me. But yeah, I was. Uh, sufficiently freaked out that they were gonna kill me because up to that point it was just like oh yeah no one's safe no they're gonna kill Benny the nicest diner owner on earth they're gonna kill Barb the sweetest best friend that could ever be and of course like I was like well they would have no problem killing Mr. Clark yeah so the uh, sacrificial lamb to further the legend of Connie Fraser. Right? yeah absolutely a good portion of the scenes in Stranger Things are spent with the kids um, what was it like interacting with them and seeing them interact with each other um, it was great. Um, uh, yeah, the kids were awesome. Uh, they worked so well together. Uh, they're super talented actors, um, as well as just like, you know, great people. And they're also like hilarious in real life, you know. Um, uh, so it's great to hang out with them. They are like um, amazingly professional for, you know, like being kids. Um, and, you know, they'll goof off and whatever, but like uh, for the most part, like they're ready. Like when the cameras start rolling, like they're ready to go. Um, so I'm a little jealous of their talent. Like they're they're way more talented than I was at that age or now. Uh, and uh, you know I've spent my life like sort of like refining my acting skill. Right. And I'm just like and oh and you just, yeah in. yeah you just walk in and just like blow me out of the water immediately. Yeah. So uh, it's a little unfair. Sure. All right. Um, but they're great and it's awesome to work with and it's awesome to see their interaction with each other and to play off of each other and like to see the moments that they find um, within the script and uh, when they're working on their scenes like there's you know it's never it, it never becomes like rote with them it never becomes uh, just routine with them like they're always looking for something new to explore in the scene which is awesome that's that's encouraging to hear that you know it's not like well the show is great but behind the scenes was just a nightmare no, sounds no, like a lot of fun everything is awesome 
So Stranger Things is created by the Duffer Brothers, who are only kind of now showing up on everyone's radar. Uh, what can you tell us about the the Duffers? What does America need to know about the the brothers Duffer? You know, they've been making movies since they were like seven. <laughs> um, you know, with like their 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 home movie cameras. So um, so they've been preparing for this moment their whole lives, um, and uh, it's only now that we get to discover the brilliance that is them. And I think like this is the perfect opportunity for them. Uh, and I think yeah, of course America now realizes yeah. that we've had a hidden gem exactly. amongst us all along. But I think this was probably the perfect thing for them. Like they wanted to make something that was like the stuff that they grew up on uh, and like a perfect like you know amalgamation of like all the things that they were passionate about like as growing up like all the movies and the books that they read and I think they did an awesome job like I can't imagine a better way to go like you know when, it, when somebody asks about my childhood I'll just go like watch this this <laughs> this everything that I grew up on is inside this TV show yeah, uh, yeah. That's sort of how my wife and I certainly watched it. I keep joking about that. We might have had a, well, had a buzzer between us, so like every 80s reference that popped up, yeah. like, that's Firestarter yep. or whatever might be coming up. That's E.T. Oh, that's a Close Encounters, but not yeah. the one you're thinking of. Um, well, so let's let's speak to that. Between Stranger Things and your work as Stan in Halt and Catch Fire, you've got a lot of 1980s going on in your filmography. Yeah. Um, have there been moments when you've been shooting either series that you've seen a costume or a bit of set dressing or something that just stops you and takes you back? And I, and I know that specifically in Stranger Things because, again, that's endlessly what we're doing. We're like, you might as well just pause it for a second while we stare at that trapper keeper. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think like Mr. Clark's home, uh, uh, you know, just like sitting in that living room and going like, this is absolutely perfect. And that was like, that wasn't a set, that was somebody's like real house. You know, we, the, you know, set deck came in and like uh, yeah. uh, 80s did up a little bit, but like just sitting in that room and going like, this is like, and talking on a, like an old style phone um, with a cord. Yeah. Like when's the last time you talked on a phone with a cord? Um, yeah, those moments you just go like, oh wow, I'm in it. And as an actor, it's great because it helps you be more in it, right? Like, it's just like, oh no, I'm, I'm completely immersed in this situation. Like, uh, uh, everything around me is real. You know, there's a, uh, um, I forget which, uh, there's a video game system at Mr. Clark's house. And on the table, in fr like on the sort of coffee table in front of the couch, there were video game manuals. And, you know, as a kid, like, that was, that was my jam, a video game manual. Like, I would tear those things apart. I would just, like, go through and, like, read everything. Uh, and I think that's what's missing from, like, video games nowadays. I'm like, there's no more manuals. Like, yeah. you just, you play and you learn from playing, right. which is interesting in itself. But, like, uh, to have, like, the manual and go, like, okay, what, what, are, what are all the little tips and tricks? What all can I do? And just, like, tearing those things apart and, like, taking the manual to school and, like, reading it over like in class like when I'm supposed to be like studying something sure. else I'm gonna know combat in and out yeah. by the time uh -huh. I put this cartridge yeah no in. button mashing for me I'm going to be a right. master thank you very much yes. I'm going to earn this um, was there any point when uh, when the show when Stranger Things was released that you had the moment of like oh this is this is a thing like somewhere out in the public world that realized not only did we make great good for us we made a good show we're proud of it but knowing this was erupting to be a gigantic thing. I think when the fan art just started like exploding 
when it was like, oh, this has captured people's attention so much that they are now spending hours creating art based on the show. And then to have like people doing fan art based on my character, yeah. I was just like, oh, this show must be huge because people are making fan art of me <laughs> and I'm a nobody. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I think the fan art and just like, you know, Twitter just blew up. Um, uh, and Instagram too, like all the, all the accounts uh, of the artists that were creating all the, all the work. And then like to see like Stephen King, Guillermo del Toro, uh, Eli Roth, like all these people like on Twitter, like raving about the show and seeing like celebrities dressing up like Stranger Things characters. Like, it, it, I think that at that point I was like, oh, okay, this is like huge. This right. is so big. Yeah, there's and no turning back. There's no turning back. No, yeah. no, we're, we're going to keep this train rolling. So I know that you are an improv guy, uh, as am I, and I think we have an improv friend in common, actually. Uh, so I'm dying to hear about how you first came to improv and uh, your adventures within. Uh, I started off doing, um, uh, like, you know, dumb short films with my friends, uh, and that moved into doing, like, live sketch comedy. And then from sketch comedy, we moved into <clears throat> doing improv. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you know, it was just a way to sort of, like, get in front of an audience and, and refine, uh, uh, you know, certain skills that, you know, I used later on as an actor. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't, like, I think improv's great. I think improv, in conjunction with, like, other acting skill sets, uh, can be wonderful. Um, uh, so yeah, it's fun to be able to like go on to set and go like, oh, well, you know what? If I like tweak this a little bit, yeah. like th like or like time this, like it's great for timing. Like you sort of like figure out timing in sort of a trial by fire situation, right? Like, oh, you're thrown in front of an audience, and like if if, if it's not funny, they're not gonna laugh. Right. Right. Um, and uh, working that out, and and then also like the energy of uh, other performers being able to like take that in, so that like on set or whatever, you're not sort of stuck into like, oh no, this is how I say this line every time. So my fellow actor says something or does something that like sort of like throws me, then I'm going to respond to that in some way. Yeah, yeah. It it is good, right? It, if for no other reason, that's true. The the alchemy of marrying improv with with scripted stuff. Yeah. If for no other reason, just to not freak you out when like yeah. this is not how it's supposed to go you guys like eh, yeah it's all right what's the worst that can happen yeah exactly like yeah. um yeah if they throw something at you like oh this has to change right now and it's like oh, okay great i'll just like come up with something and then if it's bad you know when, when they'll call cut and go like oh, change that to something else um yeah there's not there's not too much at stake when there's um uh you know a line that needs to change or whatever and i think we sort of like as an actor like you build up the importance of like, oh, I hope I get everything absolutely and 100% right. And it's like, well, you know, like, like you can try things and, yeah. and fail. That's right. that's why they cut. Yeah, exactly. Or stumble into something that, that yeah. breathes life into it. In a way yeah, exactly. No exactly. Exactly. So uh, I know that we haven't even really had a chance to discuss some of your other credits, such as Archer, Sleepy Hollow, Vampire Diaries. Um, what are you working on next? And is Stranger Things season two among it? Oh, I can't, I can't talk about it. Darn it. No scoops today. No scoops today, <laughs> unfortunately. All right. But is there anything else that, uh, that you want to make sure that we're looking out for? Um, there's a Steven Soderbergh movie that's coming out Whoa. next year um, called Logan Lucky that's going to be pretty good. Um, uh, and uh, a film called Geostorm with Gerard Butler that will also be coming out next year. Um, 
So those are like the upcoming things that are like done and in the can and, and, and ready to come out. So uh, yeah, that'll probably be like summer into fall of next year, those two things will be coming out. Excellent, excellent, congratulations. So if fans want to follow your adventures or reach out to you, what is the best way to do that? On Twitter, for sure. Uh, Mr. Randy Havens. All right, you heard it here first. Get Twittering, people. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Have a great show. You can see Randy Havens sharing the screen with Adam Driver, Channing Tatum, Daniel Craig, and more in Logan Lucky, directed by Steven Soderbergh, when it's released on August 18th. That will be followed by the sci-fi thriller Geostorm, directed by Dean Devlin, currently scheduled for release on October 20th. And then Stranger Things Season 2 debuts on Netflix around Halloween. Will Mr. Clark be back to tell the kids everything they need to know about acrobats, fleas, and ham radio equipment? You'll just have to binge the season and find out. That's it for this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts. Roll the credits! Big thanks to my guest Randy Havens and also to the awesome assemblage of talent that made up the panel of relationship advisors. You heard Bay Area improviser Alex Brewer as Gordon Float, LA improviser Jason Addis as Gregory Plymouth Hastings. By the way, you can hear more from Jason in episode number 12 of 1.21 Gigawatts. And last, but certainly not least, was Catherine Dyer reprising her Stranger Things role as Agent Connie Frazier. That was awesome, and I can't thank Catherine enough for playing in the audio sandbox with us. And she gave some pretty solid dating advice, I think we can all agree. If you need more Catherine Dyer in your life, and who among us doesn't need that, you can hear her interview on episode number 10 of this very podcast. And thanks, of course, to you for inviting me into your ear canals to nerd out. It means more to me than you know. I'd love to hear what you think about this latest Sonic adventure. What do you like? What should be sent to the Spice Mines of Kessel? Would you be interested in hearing more from the Relationship Advisors? You can let me know by leaving me a message at one of the show's many social media channels. Those would be the 1.21 Geekawatts Facebook page, where you can follow and discuss the latest film, TV, comic book, and genre entertainment news. On Twitter, I'm at 121Geekawatts. And on Instagram, you can check out pictures of my own geeky treasure trove and adventures at 1.21 underscore Geekawatts. It's new every day. Plus, you can find all of those feeds in one magnificent destination at the 1.21 Geekawatts website. It has photos, blog entries, every episode to date, newsletter sign-up information, and more. Get thee to www.121geekawatts.com and delight in the nerdliness. And if you're not already aware, every episode of this podcast is available for free in the podcasts section at the iTunes store, including the aforementioned episode 10 with Catherine Dyer and episode 12 with Jason Addis. It's so easy to subscribe and never miss a geeky second. And whether you're a subscriber or not, you can leave the show a review, hopefully a good one, on iTunes, which will help more people find the show, which would make me a very happy, happy man. And if you're not an iTunes user, you can always find us by searching for 1.21 gigawatts on soundcloud.com. Huge gratitude to the boss of all things binaural, composer and my co-producer, David Sisko. You are and remain the best, Sisko. 
Dear listener, if you enjoyed this travel-sized chunk of geekitude, please share it with a nerdy friend. You can follow, like, etc. all those social media accounts mentioned a few seconds ago and let people know that you're listening. I'm Brad Barton, and until next time, here's Nerd Rock Band H2Awesome with our radtastic theme song. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. gigawatts what every geek wants is what we got from doctor who to aqualad you might meet luke and leia's dad pop culture that is super rad hosted by some guy named brad it'll rock you to your nylon cylon socks 1.21 freaking gigawatts basically there are parallel universes just like our world, but just infinite variations of it. Which means there's a world out there where none of this tragic stuff ever happened. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Oh, I should be talking right now, shouldn't I? <laughs>